Hi there, this is Jim and Ralph and welcoming you to Psychology Takeaway where we look at uh, current issues in psychology and try to make some sense out of them so that uh, they'll enhance your living in your life. So how are you doing Ralph? I'm doing well today Jim. How are you doing? Okay, you know last week we talked a little bit about uh, uh, children and the fear they have of uh, uh, asking for help because you know it might make them look unbright uh, right or stupid I guess we could use that term but we also talked a little bit about uh, kids in the United States that were uh, underachieving uh, compared to children in other parts of the uh, of the world yeah and many people have suggested with I think good reason behind what they're saying uh, that that is because we had essentially uh, nationwide at, at least 18 month shutdown of all uh, formal education uh, except online. Mm -hmm. Which tends to, A, uh, if the uh, instruction isn't very good, or B, if you don't have access to technology online, you're going to have some, some difficulty. But one of the things that uh, you've noticed Ralph, and you've got a story about this, and that is that people in general seem to be a little bit more apprehensive of their social life. Yeah, and the story that I have is uh, a friend of ours uh, told me that uh, a uh, an, another mutual acquaintance, uh, basically when the, the uh, COVID pandemic hit, uh, kind of went into her house and became a recluse for two years and is only now uh, emerging and kind of is having difficulty dipping her toe in the water. Uh-huh. Okay. The social water, that is. Right, right. And uh, as a therapist, I've had a number of um, clients who tell me that uh, they're having problems with what they refer to as the social graces. You know, winning friends and influencing people, which got us, you and I, thinking about an old book written by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, and this book is, what did you say, Jim, about 75 years old? Yeah, it was uh, first published in uh, 1936, and then it was republished in, and re-edited in 1981. So it's got a, you know, a long... Uh, um, it's a long run. A long run, and one of the reasons that it's had such a long run is the advice that it gives about uh, uh, winning friends, uh, whether you're talking about social-only uh, friends or business friends, uh, is perennial. Yeah, I think. It, it always uh, seems to work. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, in fact, when I was looking at kind of a, a summary of the ways of winning friends and influencing people. Um, it looks a lot like positive psychology. It does. And, you know, I think it was essentially positive psychology uh, unrecognized mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, there was not that concept around in uh, 1936. But there was uh, a recognition that some of the same ideas that are in positive psychology have always worked. Mm -hmm. Yep. So 
the, the, the basic tenets, I think, for successfully interacting with people and handling people are, first of all, don't criticize, don't condemn, don't complain. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty... Pretty simple. Pretty simple. I mean, you can flip that around, and we can, in positive psychology terms, we could say, you know, be optimistic, not yeah. pessimistic. Be positive. Uh, look to the future as something that's going to be better than the present. Mm -hmm. Another uh, technique that is uh, talked about in the book was uh, giving honest and sincere appreciation, which is, again, just like positive psychology, when... Um, Seligman talks about the uh, uh, writing the uh, uh, appreciation letter, right? And, and to uh, to a person who you perceive has made a significant influence positively in your life, that uh, you write them a letter and and tell them. Yeah, and or you know, knock on their door and read the letter to them, and as Seligman says, you both cry and hug each other and you know. yeah, okay. Uh, now, you know, there's there's also some very simple techniques uh, that uh, Carnegie talks about. One of them is uh, looking people straight in the eye. Mm -hmm. Now, many of us find it difficult to look another person in the eye, but one of the techniques that, that I found in some supplementary reading is uh, it helps when you look a person in the eye if you look, and almost all of us have blue eyes or brown eyes, it doesn't matter, we have a fleck of another color okay. in our eyeballs. All right. Okay, so if, if you look at somebody in the eye and, you know, you, you don't stare intimidatingly, but you look them straight in the eye, one of the ways of, uh, of finding yourself doing that is to say, okay, he's blue eyes. Uh, what, is there a green fleck? Is there a yellow fleck? Is there, you know, a deeper blue in one spot? Uh, and that encourages you to look directly at the person. Huh, okay. And, you know, in some cultures, uh, people don't like people looking at them. Yeah. Uh, in, Native Americans, uh, for example. For example, I mean, or uh, some of the Chinese who are not westernized uh, don't don't like a direct stare. Okay. So, again, know the culture that you're working within. But yeah. But within our culture, looking a person straight in the eye, or um, a handshake, giving a, handshake. a, um, a firm but not... Uh, I'm going to rip your, your hand apart handshake. Yeah. Um, another way that, that uh, Dale Carnegie talks about successfully interacting with people is to put a smile on your face. Yeah, and you know one of the, uh, one of the interesting things about that is we tend to like people we can trust. Yeah. Of course. It's almost impossible to like somebody that you distrust. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I've never heard anybody say, well, I really like him, but I don't trust him. Yeah. Uh, and how do you get uh, an immediate feeling of trust from another person? It's very simple. You smile. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because people who um, are 
naturally smiling, not grinning like an idiot, but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, sort of, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to meet you, and I'm, I'm happy, and I'm positive. Uh, we tend to trust those people. Yeah, some, someone said, and I can't remember the uh, person who said it, but a smile is the shortest distance between two people. I think that's true. Okay. And I think you said, in talking about trust, you make a, a good point. Um, you really want um, to come across as being genuine and coming, come across as being interested in the other person. Yeah. And, you know, one of the ways uh, of doing that uh, you know, often people say when they're talking about uh, uh, writing and somebody says, well, I don't know what to write about. Well, write about what you know. Well, the one thing I know is me. So I get in a social situation and I wanted to talk to somebody. So what do I talk about? I talk about me. And well, that's... The, the, the suggested advice is to ask the other person to talk about them. them. <laughs> Preferably when you say, if you have met somebody whose name is Bob Jones, you say, well, Bob, um, I, uh, I understand that you're uh, uh, an expert in uh, uh, left-handed widgets. You know, I, own, I know almost nothing about left-handed widgets. What are they used for? And you get that person talking about themselves, their area of expertise, what they know, mm -hmm. uh, what that what they think. Yeah. And if somebody says something like, uh, "Well, uh, what I know is that uh, you know the the Republicans are all crazy, and that Trump is," uh, and instead of getting into a large argument because uh, you are on the other side, you say, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more. Why do you think that? Mm -hmm. the, uh, the book talks about that, as a matter of fact. One of the rules about argument is that the best way to, um, um, to, to win an argument or to best yourself at an argument is to avoid it. And so that would be just a, a, a quick finesse. You know, tell me more. Tell me more. And mm -hmm. the thing is that, you know, one of the difficulties, I think, in terms of uh, other people is that we often uh, come to a discussion with other people and we don't take the basic uh, mental uh, attitude that, you know, whatever I know, this other person that I'm just meeting knows something I don't know. Mm -hmm. And your job as somebody who's, who's meeting and greeting another person is to find out what they know that you don't. Yeah, it sounds good. So in order to do that, you have to be a good listener. Yeah. You have to be able to, to successfully hear what the other person is saying. Well, and, and that's have, easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. You know. And, you know, a lot of us, when, when somebody says something that our initial mental reaction is, oh, I disagree with that, mm -hmm. 
we spend the next two minutes of the conversation when the other person is talking about it, not listening to them, but preparing our argument to say to them, you are as full of stuffing as a Christmas turkey. Uh, <laughs> and instead of that, we should be saying, well, why does he or she think that? Uh, you know, what, uh, what don't I know mm -hmm. that informs their opinion? Yeah, that's a, you know, and what you can do rather than criticizing the other person and, you know, you might want to point out that there are some flaws in the argument, but uh, we're probably going to do it in a, in a non-judgmental, non-combative way is to admit that in the past you've had held some opinions that you've had to change. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, uh, I once uh, held the opinion that, uh, oh, for example, that uh, women uh, were not good drivers. Okay. Now, that fortunately, that was a lot of years ago. And since then, I've met a number of women, including my wife, who are better drivers than I am. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and a lot of us grow up with the the mental attitude that, uh, you know, uh, we're great chefs, we're wonderful drivers, and uh, we are the best lovers that the world has ever seen. <laughs> and we're usually wrong on all three counts. Uh, so... You know, one of the things that is important is to have a, a sort of degree of humility, a, a recognition that uh, you don't know everything, uh, you can't do everything, and the other person brings something to the table that you don't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and do it sincerely. You know, be honest, because as you pointed out, Ralph, the other person does have something, and we just don't know what it is. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, our, as I said, our job is to find it out. And if necessary, and this is always uncomfortable, if necessary, to change our minds. Mm-hmm. So seeing things from another person's point of view seems to be important as well. You know, the example that you used uh, was politics. And certainly politics is right now polarizing uh, families, it's polarizing states, it's polarizing the country. Um, but you know, the other person may have a point and we should listen to that point. Yeah, it's, what did um, uh, Voltaire say? Um, I might disagree with you, but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. Or, yeah. Okay. And th I think that that is something that we want to communicate as well. Yeah. Instead of the, the, the opposite that we often communicate, that is, if you don't think the way I think, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, Jim, you mentioned people, uh, you know, uh, disagreeing over, over politics. Well, I've talked to a number of people who have said, uh, well, I don't talk to my family anymore or my brother or my sister. Uh, they, they have gone totally uh, the opposite of what I believe uh, and their blankety-blank uh, side is blankety-blank uh, dumb, you know? Uh-huh. And 
I mean, when when it gets to the point where you can't talk to uh, a member of your your close family and say, well, you know, explain to me why you hold that opinion because mm -hmm. I don't, and you know, what what brought you to think that way? Yeah. So again, it's opening the door to get into the other person's uh, point of view, you know, to to communicate to the other person that they are people of worth, that they have ideas that are worth hearing. And so that's how you're going to influence, well, not, uh, you're going to win friends. Yeah. Uh, the influencing people is a little, little different. We'll get to that, I think, next week. Uh, but in order to, as, as some of my clients have said, in order to have, um, uh, social graces, uh, you've got to be less me-centered and more thou-centered. Yeah, and one of the things, you know, I, I was thinking, Jim, that we uh, we might add to this um, is something that my mother told me when I was about 15. And I came to her and I said, you know, we had a, a discussion at school about uh, gentlemen. And I said, you know, the term is often used, and, and what makes a gentleman? And my mother looked at me and she said, a gentleman is somebody who never insults another person unintentionally. Aha, unintentionally. So if you think of that, you know, how often jumping into something that you've half heard, mm -hmm. uh, the other person might say, well, that was pretty insulting. I'll have to think about that one, Ralph. You know, yeah. uh, so if you're going to insult somebody, uh, make sure that it's intentional. <laughs> I think of Winston Churchill, and I think... Lady Astor once said to him, Churchill, you are drunk. Yes, Lady Astor, I'm drunk, and you're ugly. Oh, you're drunk. Yes, but tomorrow I'll be sober, and you'll still be ugly. <laughs> master of uh, master of insult, right? Yeah, right. Okay. So, and you know, one of the uh, one of the other things that people say, well. You know, uh, I'm just, I'm naturally an introvert, and, uh, and I'd sooner be by myself. Well, a classic example of somebody uh, who was an introvert, who preferred being by himself, is Johnny Carson. Now, millions of people know Johnny Carson as the guy who was the original late-night show host who was charming and witty and laughed and and interacted with his guests in wonderful ways and yet at the end of the show instead of sitting around and uh having a few drinks with the glitterati uh he would go home and you know basically pick up a book or you know uh, just happily be by himself mm-hmm okay so what you can do is sort of pull on this 
skin of uh, a person who's social yeah and uh, and wear it when you go out and you're meeting somebody new or when somebody new uh, is brought to your house by a friend of yours uh, and it Jim raised the interesting point when we were talking earlier that um, you know you fake it till you make it well if you're if you're faking being socially competent uh, and you do that for 10 years the chances are pretty good that you're socially competent mm -hmm. yeah. you know you just uh, you have learned a new skill yeah and you know something that we've talked about before people change you know people can change for the better people can change to be more social. Now, the second part of the title of the book, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, that looks at leadership skills. And we've uh, uh, gone for our 20 minutes today, so Ralph, next week, let's take a look at um, being a leader and influencing okay. others. Influencing others, and uh, there are a number of techniques that uh, we've already talked about that are part of influencing others. Uh, one of them is smiling. Mm -hmm. Another is shaking hands firmly. Mm -hmm. And a third is knowing what you have to say and saying it tactfully. Yep. Okay. So those are just three foreshadowings of next week's discussion. Okay. So until next week, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying... Keep your stick on the ice. Because we're all in this together. together.